Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Scenes. They call me Stepney. I'm joined by Lewis Finley. Is it Finley? Fin Findlay? Findlay? Findlay, yeah. Findlay, yeah. And thank you for pronouncing my first name correct as well. <laughs> you know what? It's um, it, it's definitely Lewis. What, what, what do people usually say? Louis or Lois. Yeah. Lois, Lois really? yeah. Lois doesn't have a U in it. No. No, <laughs> but you've got it in one, so thank you. You know what? It's it, 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 I, I get it. I get that as well because my name is Stephen, and everybody goes, well, not everybody, but some people go Stefan. You go, nope. Try again. No, nope. it's not Stefan. No, nope, but it's my name. I know what my name is. You know. Yeah, I basically people call me uh, Louis, and I, I just I just go with it now. Just go with it. <laughs> well, that, that's why that's why I changed mine to they call me Stepney, so that everybody goes. Yeah, I like oh. that. I should change my name to they call me Louis. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with that tomorrow. Change all my handles <laughs> on social media. They call me. That's what they call me. Because the question that I always get back is, who's they? I go, well, everyone. You know, they are they. Yeah, the whole they, world. They call me Louis. Um. Thank you for joining me. Um, I know I've been a bit uh, rubbish with the old um, A communications and B uh, getting to do this particular show. So thank you for um, right. taking the time out. And um, yeah, it's much appreciated. Um, Thanks for having me. So, okay. The one I always start off with, and I, I, I quite like it because it's, it's, it's a good icebreaker and it helps... Um, it helps set the tone, I guess. Um, I know who Lewis is now. Uh, we've had a little chat before. Um, but as the question says at the bottom of the screen there, tell the viewers a little, about, a little bit about who you are and um, who is Lewis? Uh, so um, I, I don't really like to just say, oh, hi, I'm Lewis, I'm an actor, because I feel like, a lot of actors chase this industry, right? And, like, if you never make it to where you want to be, who are you when that, like, when that's no longer there? Do you know if that makes sense? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you take acting inside away, who are you? So, I am, um, I'm a dad. Uh, it's a two-year-old. I'm a husband. Um, I used to do parkour and free running uh professionally before moving into acting um and yeah i've been acting now for, i say professionally trying to do it professionally for um 10 years now um started out as an extra just just to learn the trade really um and i really liked it and and i also found that i liked being behind the scenes as well and i think as an extra i like you are the first sort of people on set and you're always the last to go. And in that time when you're not on set and you're just waiting around, waiting to be called on, you get to see what's going on behind the scenes. And I really took an interest in that. And I think that's probably where my love for filmmaking 
began as well. So, yes, I act, but I also write and direct and produce my own work as well. So, you know, when, when you know, you have a dry spell in acting, you're not getting the jobs. I'll just go out and make work. And what I like about that is I, I think if you if you know how a camera works, you know how to hit marks and you've got some idea of sort of like blocking and stage direction when it actually comes to being in front of the camera. I feel like directors can work with you if a lot easier if you understand and you see things from their point of view as well. Yeah. Um, but what's also nice about making my own films as well is putting um, castings out and seeing if anyone and hopefully people respond to it and um, getting to meet new people and working with new people and networking and sharing other ideas and then possibly working with them again on something else and maybe it's something that they want to get off the ground and if I can help out in any way in that then I'll do it um, if, if, if it's the right sort of project um, so yeah and then also I do physio as well like I'm, I'm a physio assistant so that's um, based on an inpatient thing um, side of the hospital working with people who have uh, ended up in the intensive care unit uh, for whatever reason, um, perhaps ill health or surgery, and then you work with them quite closely where they're, I guess, immobile and try to rebuild them, I guess, and get them back up on their feet. And you follow them from the intensive care unit down to the wards, and nine times out of ten, it goes pretty well. And you help them on their way, uh, and they get discharged and occasionally you may hear from them or they may pop in to say hello or or um i mean it's a local hospital as well so you could be in the street and bump into someone <laughs> uh which was nice to see and that's quite rewarding as well um kind of reminds me of what as i said when i did parkour like i used to teach it as well um and to see someone who had no confidence whatsoever to uh, do what I thought was like a really simple thing to them being able to backflip off things was really rewarding and I really like that and it's kind of the same thing with this job really when people haven't been on their feet for a while they can very much lose not only strength and muscle mass but um, the confidence as well yep. so yeah it's, it's quite good to see them get back on their feet and run along and get back to some form of functioning life, yes. Um, I, I will pick you up on a couple of things there. I'll start off with the extra stuff. Is um, I did I did a lot of extra work in my in my in my younger life, and um, I, I was speaking to I speak to loads of people about it. But sometimes I felt that being an extra, you couldn't go to be an actor because they they mm. didn't like it. And um, it's good to see that there are people like yourself that have progressed to not only being an actor but being a writer director producer um and 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 taking that taking that forward that that's your own drive i guess um so that's good i'm going to come back to that at some point um parkour come on yeah <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely loved it it's the best time of my life i think like 
oh, I had so much fun just being able to travel up and down the country. And I was only a teenager when I, I, I started doing it, like professionally. Like my team, I think we put out a video and then someone from like the local newspaper ran a, a story on us and then the BBC saw that. And then one of the biggest teams in the UK, like a parkour free running team, at the time it was the biggest, one of the biggest in the UK, if not the world probably, reached out to a friend and I and, and asked us to sort of do a couple of performances and a couple of classes on their behalf. Um, and yeah, just getting like free travel, free food, a bit of uh, a bit of money here and there. And we were like, this is sweet. I want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, you know, like injuries happen and stuff as you get older. And I think I kind of got to a point where I mean, I smashed my knee to bits and the year before that, I tore my ligament. Um, didn't completely shatter the knee, but took a huge beating. I was just like, need to reevaluate myself. Like, why am I getting all of these injuries? And then I realised the motivation and I guess the love to do it every day, because it was every day. We'd be out on the street all day, for like 10, 12 hours, just having a blast jumping off walls. Um, and then, yeah, just more and more injuries I picked up and I've just realised maybe now isn't the time for me to keep continuing it. Let me try something different. And that's when I got into acting. You see, getting, that's the skill that you can obviously use in acting because um, there's, mm. you know, being on set, there's lots of things that are required jumping around. We've seen parkour in lots of films, including things like James Bond and stuff like that. Um, yeah. It's 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 a skill that you can obviously teach as well. So you know, you, as as a coordinator, as a as a stunt choreographer, coordinator, it's something that you could um, teach as well. So when you're when people are doing a scene, they want uh, like a particular running scene, for example, where people are jumping over things. Um, let's, let's use Tom Cruise. A lot of his um, a lot of his Mission Impossible movies requires a lot of him running and jumping and stuff like that. So um, it's a skill that you can definitely use. And um, yeah, it's definitely. I envy you because I, 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 I to do it. Side of things, to be fair, actually, yeah, that would be great. I'd love to do that. Yeah, like I said, I, I always wanted to do it. It was always, it always looked like something that I thought I could do because I was good at, you know, playing tag as as a kid. Did you know that tag means touch and touch and go? Like, I knew that. Touch and go, yeah, 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 no. yeah. And the film's really good as well. If you've ever seen that, <laughs> I haven't, but I'll have to look oh, out for it. But, great yeah. film, so much fun. Check it out. It's good. And people do people now do that professionally as well now. You can you know what? Yeah, yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, there's tag you, championship. You should, you should um you should definitely like apply. <laughs> I'm still quite nimble, you know. I think I could do it. I'm not gonna lie. I, like, yeah, when, even, when I, even when I play with the kids, I mean I, I'm faster than them as well, you know. So <laughs> yeah, give it a go. Um, you talked about um so you come from parkour to uh, being a, a pt assistant and uh what that does um and the only reason why i bring that up is because i had something called compartment syndrome when i was uh 20 years old i think mm. it was and um i required a lot of physiotherapy and um i basically had to learn how to walk again which was um uh, difficult. I mean, the first time I stood up after not 
been on my feet for I think about two and a half weeks. I could barely hold my own weight. Yeah. And um, yeah, so you know, people like myself will, will always be grateful to people like yourself that you know take the time to to get us through that. And um, and yeah, it's you know, it's 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 one of those things that we take it for granted. We do. You you've you've mentioned it that you ligaments knee and stuff like that, and those are injuries and when you're out for a little while, you, you really, you take it for granted. I took it for granted that I could always run and cycle and jump about and stuff like that. And then when I couldn't walk, it was just, oh, wow. I had tears in my eyes because it's the first time yeah. I stood up and couldn't hold my weight. I thought I'm never going to be able to do this. Yeah. You, you talked about it being rewarding, but, but how is that? You know, how, uh, what, what sort of processes do you take people through? Not just like physical processes as well, but emotional, mental processes as well. One of the things I do, I don't know, I don't know, because I, I feel like I can't, I'm quite good at talking to people and quite good at reading people. And I feel like sometimes I know what people's limitations are and whether or not I can get them to like jump to like the next level, for example. But I feel like I'm quite good at understanding what people go through as well. And I think sometimes in that sort of environment, you, you have to be compassionate, of course, but like, I think some people focus on, okay, just put one leg in front of the other. And it's kind of like, with me as well, like a lot of people say, oh, don't let me fall. Uh, I, I don't want to fall. And I'm like, look, this is something I used to tell myself when I used to do parkour, right? And I, I used to, there was this uh, free runner called Daniel Labaka who said, uh, choose not to fall. And I think what he meant by that was, if you're sizing up a jump that you're not 100% confident in doing, then just don't do it. But if you feel like you can do it, but you're still scared about falling, it's kind of like, take away the, the, the fault of falling and just commit to the jump. So I say to the patient, look, you're not going to fall. The moment you start thinking about falling is when you don't trust yourself and you're so uh, anxious about the possibility of what could go wrong. You take your mindset away from the possibility of what could go right. All you need to do is put one foot in front of the other and the rest will follow. And it was the same thing when I was learning how to backflip. Someone said to me, where the head goes, the body follows. So if I throw my head this way, my body's going to go this way. But if I just look up, my body will follow. And and it's the same sort of thing, really. It's, you know what, that's, that's, that's very good because um, I think for people, um, there's that fear of going, oh, I don't know if I can do that. And mm. like, it's getting over that psychological barrier of just going, well, no, you probably can. And uh, the right encouragement from someone like yourself who's, a done it, um, B got people through it um, to do it themselves. Um, gives you that extra bit of confidence to be able to do something. Um, it's uh, as we talked about it. You, going from your teens to you know doing parkour, free running, being in a, in a, in a big group to um, being an extra, then getting into the whole thing behind the scenes and and, and learning those things. How do you feel those things, like your your early experiences, influenced um, where you are now? 
I feel like everything that's ever happened to me has happened for a reason. And I think I've lived the life not many people have lived. Like, still to this day, people don't know what parkour is unless I say, you ever seen James Bond where the, ba- where, where the, the bad guy jumps off the crane and he's chasing Bond? And they're like, yeah. Or like some people, some, that film came out in 2006 and some people don't even know what it is. The moment I say, oh, you jump off buildings, they're like, oh, yeah, I understand. But it's so much different from that. So, yeah, I mean, I was never really into football or rugby. Any any sport to do with a ball, I was absolutely bored stiff. And I remember, like, in PE, we play football all the time. They, I remember one day they actually said, uh, the PE teacher said, anyone who has forgotten their shoes will be doing trampolining with the girls. And I was like, great. I'm going to do that. So I threw my, my trainers in the bin and told teachers that I had lost, <laughs> I had forgotten my trainers. And they said, oh, um, well, you're just going to have to play football in, in, in your socks. You're just going to have to go and goal. And I was just like so frustrated. Like, because we had been playing football for like the best part of five years. And I just had enough. And whenever I was in goal, I would just let the ball in. You know, or I'd find myself just balancing on the goalpost or maybe doing a cheeky flip off it and everyone getting really annoyed that the board gone in. I'm just like, look, guys, I'm not here for this. So much more you can do with your body than chasing a ball. Um, and then, yeah, like I, I struggled in school academically. The only things I really showed an interest in was art and drama, performing arts. So that's kind of where I did well, and English as well, food tech, and yeah, and just as I say, like I got into parkour, and we 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 committed every day to that um, from when I was thirteen until I stopped doing it about when I was like twenty two, twenty three, and I think because I, I grew up on an estate as well, there was very little to do. But the good thing about these post-World War II estates is like they're, the architecture is really well built and suited for parkour. And I wouldn't say you could look at someone the wrong way and get your head kicked in, but like there was a lot of people, because there was nothing to do, people just fight, really. Um, not to say, there wasn't like stabbings and stuff like that, but it was almost like, okay, we're just going to have a fight because there's nothing else to do. So you kind of had to be a bit careful about that. And at the time, before I did parkour, I did skating. So I think I was a prime target for like chavs and stuff like that. And then when I started backflipping off stuff, like all those people used to call me backflip Bill for some reason <laughs> and loved it. And yeah, and they, they would, I think some of them like were into like rapping and making grime and stuff like that. And they would say, can we get you in, in our music video? And I was like, yeah, okay, let's do that. And I think even then, like those little music videos that were made on like a, a little potato camera were probably like my first introduction, I guess, in a way to like um, screen acting, I guess, because I'd only ever been on stage as a kid like doing local theater shows and um and school plays so yeah and 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 with my parkour team we used to make videos like showcasing what we would do but it was just for ourselves really it wasn't 
really to show off or anything. There was, it was just okay. I'm gonna jump over this and we're gonna film it. But yeah, I guess those videos were like the first time I was in front of a camera actually performing, which I guess kind of helps me out in the long run, I guess. And I think when those people started bringing cameras to like the parks and stuff, I thought, you know what, I really want a camera. And um, I used to try and find ways to make parkour videos, but with some narrative. Um, they were really like cringy as well. <laughs> uh, but I guess that's when I started making films when I was like 16. And also with the acting as well, like it's such an oversaturated industry. You've really got to have something special about you, the right look or I don't know, it could be anything like I honestly can't say. Um, just luck, I guess. So no one wanted to give me a, a, a shot because I couldn't afford to go to drama school. And I think this was back in the day where you kind of had to go to drama school to get any sort of acknowledgement. And I was like, Do you know what? I'm just going to make my own stuff. So I did. And, and through doing that, I, I made my first showreel, which was probably enough to get me my first job as an extra. I think. And yeah, just started doing that for a couple of years, really learning what it was like to be in front of a camera, behind a camera, all the different terms that people were using on set. Um, and and then I also did modeling as well before acting. And it got to a point where I was just getting a bit bored of it because you're just standing around, someone's taking photos of you. And I wanted a new challenge. And that's kind of when I was just like, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this extra stuff. But at the same time, I want to know what it's like to learn a, 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 a screenplay and how that differs from doing stage, which I, I'd done since I was a kid. Um, and I think the first screenplay I actually read was Fight Club. Um, and yeah, and, and yeah, just because I, no one was giving me like these scripts for like short films and stuff or i couldn't get any lines in you know as an extra so just went on the internet and downloaded fight club for some reason and yeah and and i did extra work for probably about five years and then someone took a chance on me and asked me to do a boxing film you see i've um i said i, I did extra work and um I was, I was always quite chilled in in the sense that like I, I there would there always be somebody on set, uh, you know, another director that would want to be, oh, do you want me to say something? Do you want me to say something? And I was always just like, um, ah, oh, you know what? I'm quite chilled. I'm always quite relaxed. I, I'd probably just be having fun because I remember the first one of the first jobs I did. It was, uh, I don't think I was used. So you spend the whole time just talking with uh, other other extras and stuff like that, and you go, "Well, this is this is this is not what I expected." And you know, you're there early, as you said, and uh, you you finish later than than most people. Oh, that's a wrap for such and such. And you go, "Okay, hey, it's fine." Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 how you've got into it is. Um, I suppose it's been, it has in itself, it's been a journey. Um, and I'll go with two questions, but I'll, one that you sort of touched on already, just to, just to get a bit more, a bit more in depth about it. And um, 
and then we'll roll into another one, um, which should which should hopefully fit quite in quite nicely. So, what made you get into this into this into this uh, into this world? Because you started young, you started acting young, as you said. You know, you were doing drama classes and stuff like that. Um, like me, um, I, I wasn't the whole didn't school didn't really interest me so much. I, I loved PE because I, I just like running around and I always had energy to run around and you know do you know. I'm all right at most sports if I if I if I, if I give it a go, um, mm. but yeah, drama was one of the ones that that always interested me, and I think that started when I did like a school play and I was uh, King Herod or something like that, and um, <laughs> then you get you get a few parents clapping for you and you think on top of the world. So what yeah, what absolutely. made you what made you get into this field of work? Well, like I say, I think it's because like I I, I wasn't academic at anything and. Um, something I've just learned about myself. So I'm 32, right? And towards the end of last year, I got diagnosed with ADHD. So my whole life makes complete sense now because I generally thought there was something wrong with me, right? And um, I had I, I had an interest in school. I loved being at school, but like things like maths. No matter, I even had a maths tutor, right? And no matter how many times they used to try and drill it into my head, I just wasn't picking up on it. So in maths and and certain subjects that I, re I, I couldn't understand, I would just turn off and daydream. And I wasn't even aware I was doing it, right? And teachers would call me lazy and not troublesome, but like, I don't know. I, I remember my mum talking about this a lot and she thought maybe I was dyslexic, but the school never wanted to do a test but the teachers i think because they noticed the only lessons where i came alive and showed some interest in was art and acting and so i was always getting put forward for like not the not the lead in like the school plays and stuff but like they would always ask me oh do you want to do this and stuff and like we're going to make our own costumes and props and i was like absolutely like i'm combining the creative side with like the performance side and I absolutely loved it and I think because teachers would push I was almost um what you what you what you were saying about when you were an extra and they would say oh do you want to do you want a line to say and you, you sort of shied away from it whenever I'm anywhere like even if I was in like um I don't know like watching a show and they say okay does anyone want to come up on stage I'll put my hand up I'll be the first to volunteer because I just love it really it's it's uh it's a laugh and it's something to do and be part of and so i was always the first to like jump at these school plays and stuff and through you know from like being six years old when i played a jellyfish in something that i don't quite remember to being 18 and leaving school thinking what am i going to do with my life well at that time i wanted to do parkour but i thought well okay this is good and all, but I really need like something to fall back on because I'm going to get old one day and I may not be able to jump off walls and do this for much longer. And yeah, as I say, like my injury took place when I was 22. So then that's when I started to go down the acting route. So I think it was just like a love for performing, being creative and escape from reality and stepping in someone else's shoes um and 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 all these different sort of professions and just the craftsmanship i quite liked about it as well 
and being on stage as well like i absolutely thrived off the audience's energy and i loved that and i did a show a couple of years ago it was a, a touring show of only fools and horses lovely um, and i played boise and trigger and it was the first sort of theatre thing I'd done since I was like, I don't know, like 20. And I did Only Falls and Horses when I was 27, 28. So I was nervous, but it was something I wanted to get back into. And the first night, I absolutely bottled it. Second night, people were digging it. And, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. I, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to perform to like a live audience again. And just every show got better and better and better. And I thought, there's no way we can top this. But every night, we just smashed it, absolutely topped it. And uh, got a good response from people. Um, the director uh, got really good feedback from what we were doing. And uh, myself as well, because I was, I was playing two characters. Um, so a lot of lines to learn as well. And, and that's another thing. I really struggled to learn lines. And I think that's probably got now. I, as I said earlier, now I have been diagnosed with ADHD. It kind of makes sense now. So I, I really, really struggle. But I, I, I really have to sit down and just stop everything else I'm doing. And it's the first, it's the first thing I look at in the morning and the last thing I look at at night. And I think if I can remember these lines as I've just woken up and I'm just about to go to bed and I'm really tired, I should remember them when I'm in fifth gear in the day on set somewhere or on stage somewhere so it's just repetition isn't it it's like you go to the gym to get big you keep doing that thing you're going to get bigger and stronger and i guess acting is a muscle memory kind of thing isn't it you know you've you use this and and then the body follows and um yeah so i guess the more you do it the better you get the more confident the stronger you get you see, the way you put that is... Um, I hope that made sense because I felt like... Perfect, it's yeah. perfect sense. It's, it's, um, like you, I said, I, I, I love drama. I absolutely loved mm -hmm. it. And uh, um, we always, in drama class, my teacher, Mr. Shepherd, he looked like Shakespeare. He looked like Shakespeare. No he, was like, he was the loveliest man in the world. Like, he was absolutely, he was so funny. And um, we used to just mess around in his class and then he'd go, right, so what have you guys done? And then we just put something together and it would just be, well, that was perfect. So, like, you know, because he'd, he'd go, well, you guys are going first and we'd always go first and then always just smash it out of the park because, you know, we was all just like friends and funny together. And um, when it came to doing a performance on stage in, in, a, in a proper theatre, it was at the Stratford East Theatre Royal in Stratford East, London. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we were still at school, and this was a paying audience, you know, as well as our friends and I suppose parents, really. And they were paying people as well. And um, I did a screen punch, and that that interaction you get from being on stage is is just different to to, to being on set because it's it's instant. Yeah, you, you know, you get that 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 instant reaction. So I get punched, mm. and it fades to black straight away. And all I heard all I heard was ooh. Because I hit the floor, so it sounds like I've been punched, and then I hit the floor, and then when the lights come back on, it's um, one of my friends is talking about, yeah, this is how we got to become being homeless, and we're sitting around the, the you know a table, and I'm there sort of sitting back like that, 
and um but it is it's, it's it's infectious it's one of those things that you just go oh yeah it I is, it it is. is. The, the audience are just the fuel to your fire like i had to strip um kind of in in something i was doing and uh there was a lot of like people a lot of women um and a few hen parties and obviously it got a bit messy and because uh, this was this um uh immersive theater that i was doing as well and so like the audience can interact with you and stuff and you pull them up and yeah i, I was I, I had to strip at some point um nothing too crazy but they were sort of egging me on so me being me i was just like f it i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> take the whole lot off you know um because i always say to people don't dare me to do something because I, I you know nine times out of ten i'll go and do it yeah so they were egging me on i was like i'm having a good time I, i'm i'm feeding off this energy she took the whole lot off why not full monty yeah yeah you know what it's, having a good time so why not you know what it's 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 uh, yeah, it is when you we we do where as beings we're energy we're energy suckers. You know, I, I was teaching my kids because my kids are kid one is twelve and kid two is seven, and I, I from very young ages I was taught them about uh, pack mentality. So, so pack mentality means that in in a group of people, um, you will mm. do things that you wouldn't necessarily do. So, um. As my daughter's the oldest, and you know, I, I talk to her a lot about it as kid one. And I go, Look, there'll be certain things that you'll be doing, and you'll go, but something inside you will just say to you, that doesn't feel right. I said, That's usually your gut instinct telling you it's probably not right. I said, There'll be something inside you that will say, um, Oh, I you know, I, I wouldn't do this. And I said, That's again, that's your gut instinct telling you you want to do it. And then I said, Then there's a feeling of being in a group of people and everybody getting charged up. And you just go with it. And whatever your thoughts and feelings are, you can't really control. And I said, that's pack mentality. I said, it happens yeah, yeah. all the time. And yeah, you're, 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 you're feeding off their energy, aren't you, yeah. as well? Yeah, for sure. And it's, 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 I said, sometimes it's absolutely fantastic. And, it's, you know, like I said, you have the most bestest times of your life. You know, going skinny dipping in, in Barbados, um, night time so it's you know it's dark outside we're on the beach we're going skinny dipping we're in barbados we're drinking rum punch that's not a good idea <laughs> oh i've done that i've done that woke me, yeah, up. Yeah, woke me up and sobered me up as well but i wouldn't advise i know it's, it's only hindsight that tells you yeah that was that was a bad idea it, it wasn't but you know at no point did i think are there sharks in here but that, it never even crossed my mind no, especially when you're sort of drunk as well. Yeah. But I think <laughs> what you're saying about gut instincts as well, like nine times out of ten, when my gut has told me not to do something, it's been for the best. Like there's been projects that have come my way and I've had chats with like um, directors and writers who are doing it. And I don't know, like when you're just talking to someone, you, you kind of... Mm, okay, I'm not really feeling this. I don't know if it's going to be worth my time or if I do commit to it, how's it going to turn out? Is it, you know, all those sort of questions. And 
thankfully, I mean, I've been caught out a few times, but it usually works within my favour. And, and the times that I do say no, like I've looked at those projects when they're complete, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm so glad I weren't a part of that. And you, you hear stories from people you know who have worked on certain things, and they're like, you, you, you did the right thing turning this one down. Like we all hated it and stuff like that. Or there were so many reshoots we had to do and it took the love out of the project, which is why we signed up for it. And yeah. And, and in fact, even when I used to do parkour, like I, I'd be standing or something and was, my body would say, just don't do it. This is a really bad idea. And you, you have to listen to that because there's no take two. Um, you know, but yeah. unfortunately there is an acting, but not in parkour. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and I, and I've always listened to my gut and even just like being out in public, you know, you, I feel like I'm very streetwise, you know, and I, I can sort of read people quite well and I can evade quite quickly. And again, I think that has something to do with the parkour, not to keep going back to that, but I feel like I'm all, whenever I step in a room, I'm always looking for the quickest and easiest way out of there. Don't know why, but something I've always, always done. Um, but yeah, just listen to your gut; it will guide you. And and if and and if you and and if you don't listen to it, those experiences will teach you not to do it again in the future. You, I, I feel like you always learn a lesson. <laughs> You always learn a lesson. That's one hundred percent fact. And yeah, uh, my, my kids get bored of me saying it because you know they'll do something. And I'm not a horrible parent, by the way. You know, I'm all right. I, I, but I'll laugh and then go. You know, I was going to laugh, and they'll go, "Yeah," and I'll go, "What did you learn?" And they'll be like, "My son, my son, especially, be like, I don't know. Like, you must have learned something." And then he'll say something like. I shouldn't do that again. I go, no, no, no. I thought you shouldn't do that again. I said, you've hurt yourself here, but I said, you learn how to do it better the next time. I said, there's, I said, your, your gut wasn't telling you that you couldn't do it. And I said, that's, that's, you know, that's youth and inexperience and stuff like that. But I said, um, you will just learn to do it different the next time. So, yeah. um, but I said, I, I, I laughed because I used him to, 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 to mask the whole fact that, um, that they've hurt themselves. It's just easier to laugh and just go. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's easy. Yeah, you'll be all right. <laughs> you'll be all right. Just do it better next time. Yeah, it's yeah. like riding a bike. And if it? not, you don't do that first of all. But you fall off and you just get on, and then you learn. You know, when you lose your balance, you learn to put your foot down to stop yourself to stabilize yourself. You use the brakes. You you control your speed, and maybe it'll be a bit more. Um, like for some reason, my boy is really good at. He's he's two. He's really good on his bike. Um, he's got a pedal bike and he's lifting his legs up but for some reason he's doing this really stupid thing where he's just walking around the house with his eyes closed and bumping into things and then he gets upset and I'm like why do you keep doing this I'm like have you hurt yourself he's like yeah I'm like what does it hurt and he just points to his head I'm like were you walking around with your eyes closed he goes yeah don't do that man like you know but it, I, I guess it's fun when your kids to do that, isn't it? It, it is so much fun. Uh, um, yeah, they they all do it. It's it's, it's crazy. There, there, there'll be certain things that you'll you'll see your son doing as he as he as, he, as he's getting older, and, and that's not to wish anything away. Um, but you will see certain things, and you'll go, "Why is he doing that?" 
person, what, why? And you speak to other parents, they'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah they, 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 this one does that one. And you know, even something like throw, my son used to get frustrated, he used to throw himself backwards a lot. And um, one of my nephews used to do that a lot. And um, instant reactions was, was never my instant reaction, but instant reactions were, oh, you know, I'd be like, if he hurt himself that much, he wouldn't do it again. Yeah, true. <laughs> and it, it, it hurts a little bit but it, it hurts enough to be fun that it's it's not that much of a, an issue and it's because because they get that instant oh you're okay they just go oh, okay yeah i like that and, and also what you're saying out. about the um uh what you're saying um about oh oh okay as soon as you do that you react that way i think it's going back to what we were saying about um feeding off energy if if you're like oh are you okay then then kids are just like no you know like they think about it and then that's when the tears come but if you're just like okay like my boy is just like yeah you know i think when you overreact and you make it sound like it's a problem or that they should be hurt that's when they respond differently here's um, a is a quick pro dad tip okay sure. um, yeah i'm i need as many as i can get no, no, it's, 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 it's basically what you said, is I always go, um, especially when they're playing, if they hurt themselves when they're playing with other kids or, you know, cousins and family and stuff like that, you go, do you want to stop playing? And they'll go, no, you go, well, carry on, you'll, you'll be all right. And it's, if, if, you, if you stop them from playing and they don't like it, so they just go, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I want to carry on. It's like, then just carry on. But it's going to hurt for a bit, you know, you sort of cry and let it out, and, and then you just carry on. I said, that's, that's just part of it. So my son does that well now, so he'll fall over, he'll hurt himself, he'll have a little cry sometimes, not all the time, actually. Sometimes he does it, he goes, I didn't cry, but like, oh, okay, you know, it's okay to cry, let, let it out. Um, but he's like, no, no, I just want to carry on. So he just carries on. He's just like, okay, well, Yeah, yeah my, my boy now says, um, <laughs> like, he'll do something, he goes, didn't even cry, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> Don't know where he's got that from. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like Pavel, like son. Mm. <laughs> um, what do you think of the industry? What do you think of the of the of the media industry, the TV industry, the film industry, the theater industry? What do you think of the industry as a whole? How do, what's your feelings behind it? Judgmental. Because it is, right? It's, it's yeah. hard and and if you can't take criticism and and people judging you then don't waste your time trying to commit to it for the next five ten years because it can be like really frustrating you can you can get bitter there's this actor i know and they're um we've been speaking and they were just saying like so dumb with like all these indie films and stuff like they're just not paying and stuff and i was just like dude you're so lucky to be in a, a position where people are asking you to be part of their their projects and stuff like okay there may not be much money in it but like you're doing this and you're doing a lot of those films where you don't have to go and get like a nine to five job in you know on the sides like I'd love to do some of those films that they've done. So I think also be appreciative about what does come your way as well. If something isn't right for you, like I'm vegetarian. So if anyone sent like a, a McDonald's advert my way, unless I'm eating like a McPlant or drinking a can of Coke or something, a can of Coke, a 
you know, like a, a cloak, <laughs> then, then I'm not going to do it. And, and like, I don't like gambling either. And there's been a few auditions I've had in the past couple of years ago for like gambling adverts. I'm just like, I'm not going to promote something that goes against my morals. Do you know what I mean? Because people can get addicted to gambling and, and McDonald's to be fair. And it's just like, I think unless something is right for me, then I'm not just going to do it for the sake of doing it for the money or to get seen on TV. Like other things will come my way. Um, but yeah, the industry as a whole can be a really good one. And I think the best thing about it, it's the community, like all the other actors that are a part of it, chasing the same dream as you are. Because I don't think no one understands this industry unless you're in it. Um, there was a conversation I had with my wife who has no acting experience at all. Absolutely hated drama back in the day. And there was this time where we were having a chat and things were getting hard a bit financially for us at one point. And I was dead against getting like a, a full-time job. And I was just like, no, it's not what I set up to do. I'm on a path on a journey of acting. You knew that. And she was like, I just didn't know it would be this hard or this long, which is fine for her because, you know, she's coming into like my world. Right. Okay. And I think, that's something if you're coming into acting you need to learn that it easily like this is not going to be an overnight thing and if you're getting into it for fame and sponsorship deals then just go and love island um like <laughs> this is not the thing for you because you can all you can almost feel like a donkey chasing a carrot sometimes you know you're never gonna get get it and and if you do get it like I said that the wrong way. I hope you're going to get it. I hope everyone who sets out to do something in life, whether you want to be a doctor, or a teacher, or an actor, no matter how hard, how long it takes you to get there, if it's something you really want to do, then don't take your eye off the ball. And another little quote I picked up was, so I remember once when I was on a, I went fishing with my dad and my and his friends when I was a kid and we stayed overnight and the next day I said to my dad um oh dad that was a bit disappointing like it was boring wasn't it he goes why was it boring I said well we didn't catch anything he said it doesn't matter about the fish what matters is is that you're surrounded by people that you love your friends and you've all come together to do something you enjoy doing together it doesn't matter if you get a bite or not it's taking part and having fun along the way. And I kind of feel like, feel that about acting now. So it's like, I think as long as you're just having fun, meeting people, auditioning, and, 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 and enjoying it, all the while you're doing that, then you're winning, I think. It doesn't matter if you're the next James Bond or if you're not in Marvel or, you know, like EastEnders or something like that. It doesn't matter if, you know, just keep chasing it um, and have fun. And I think every audition you get, just give it your your all because there's a lot of people who would love to be auditioning. Um, myself included. Like I've I've got a really good agent now, so I'm I'm 
I'm finally being seen by like the right people in the industry, like some of the casting directors that I prayed would give me a, a, a chance to audition for them. And it just wasn't coming. I write to them and nothing was coming. But now my agent is a very good salesman. I don't know what he's telling them I can, I can do, but he gets me in the room and I'm getting some really good things come through. And I really enjoy it. Really, I've, I've really fallen in love with auditioning because it's a chance to act. You know, when I finish my day job and I put my son to bed, it's just my wife and I will crack out this audition. And I'll probably be a bit too, uh, too much of a perfectionist and make it go on a bit longer than it needs to. But yeah, we, we do have fun with it. And I think as long as you can find the fun in something and it's not a chore, then just enjoy yourself and trust the process. And enjoy the journey. It is, it is an, it is a good industry. It is one you do have to be a bit thick-skinned to 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 be able to deal with the setbacks and and stuff like that. Um, how do you how, how do you deal with those challenges? How do you deal with those? And um, yeah, how do you deal with that? What was the question? Sorry, kind of broke up a little bit sorry yeah what, what how did you do with those setbacks um because as you said it's, it's it's an industry where unfortunately there's a lot of uh rejection um a lot of people that are gonna you know especially with social media now lots of people are very quick very quick to criticize and um mm -hmm. so how do you deal with those challenges and setbacks well i i don't really care too much what critics say um because a lot of the people who go on, like keyboard warriors, who go on and say, "Oh, I watched this thing on Netflix yesterday," didn't like, especially if it's based on something like a game or a book that they really love or something. I just think, well, you could have done it better, could you? Like, you just you selfish, for example, you know. And it's just like, just enjoy the thing. If you don't like it, then you don't have to tweet about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you are people are capable of having thoughts without having to tweet about it and stuff and as mike tyson says social media made people comfortable with running their mouth off and not getting bopped in the mouth for it um <laughs> but yeah so yeah i don't really care what critics say you can't please everyone and you can't make everyone happy i think the most important person that you make is happy is yourself and then your circle of friends and family around you um yeah that's that's it really and and with rejection to like I, I don't even call it rejection now it used to get me down but i just think well do you know what like with some auditions i've had in the past and then when i've seen like those shows come out or those films come out i think yeah do you know what like i 100 percent wasn't right for that i would have ruined it or especially when they're based on people, like real-life people. And I think, I look nothing like that person. How on earth did I get in the room to audition for it? Like, people would have, critics would have said, oh, he doesn't look that way, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I don't really I don't really care about critics. People, everyone's entitled to an opinion, so just let them have it. Don't 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 listen to it, and um, you know don't pander to it as well. As great as that's the trick, isn't it?
yeah. yeah just just let them um, just let let's them, talk about some let, projects that you're currently yeah, doing yes yeah go on oh there it is Turn let's talk about some projects that you're currently working on tell us what you're currently working on what's uh what's lewis currently so i i i'm i've got um three to four maybe five short films that i need to wrap up on yeah uh there was never any real rush to get these done asap they're all made for love and for fun and meeting new filmmakers and stuff and actors and um and and again that was the pandemic that sort of delayed a lot of those things but now they're in a position where i'm able to work on them again and hopefully get them out soon i've got one film in um film festivals at the moment um it came um it it, it it made it to the semi-finals round at the san francisco film festival um and it's yeah i'm really happy with that and we've got a really good review by um uk film review who i was a little bit scared of them reviewing it to be fair i know i just said I'm not too worried about what people think. But this was something that I wrote, directed, edited, and also acted in it. So like I put my whole heart and soul into it. So I was really worried about what they were gonna say. And there were some technical issues as well, but no one seems to have picked up on that. Um thank God. But I think because obviously you work so closely on it, you do you do recognise the sort of the creases in your shirt, don't you? Um so yeah, they were really kind and generous with their write-up and their review. Um, we've got a couple more film festivals that it's been submitted for. Hopefully hear something back in early June, and then I'm going to release it. Um, that's uh, an interesting dynamic between uh, a, a relationship between a woman who turns 50 and my character who like 30 late 20s um they're in a relationship and uh she finds out she's pregnant and so it, it kind of sparks a, a a conversation about what they're going to do and sort of puts the relationship in um a bit of a uh a, a, a sketchy situation I guess where they're not really too sure what to do and yeah I guess the relationship's hanging on by a string it's on thin ice towards the end of the film but it's from those who have seen it and reviewed it they said it's very much like watching theatre which I thought was probably the best compliment I could get for a film and then we are currently just grading um, the protégé part one which I hope is going to be a, a small trilogy of films. I've written part two and three. Part three needs a lot of work doing to it, so I'm still writing that. But the protege uh, very simply follows a girl who works a nine-to-five job and her husband is killed for an unknown reason, but she seeks revenge from her older brother, who I play, um, who has some form of military SAS sort of 
query mercenary experience um and she's like i want you to kill this guy and he hasn't seen his sister for about 10 years so their relationship as siblings isn't really in a good place and he's like no i'm not gonna do this and so she's like fine i'll do it myself and then it's kind of it fasts forward to like this montage of um I guess hypothetically what would happen if he trained her to become become like this elite killing machine where she could like track down this guy and kill him would she go through with it and and the important message is he says I could teach you how to do all of this but it's not going to bring your your husband back you know it's like how would you live with that once you put a bullet in someone it's not going to bring your husband back. So how do you move on? How do you live with that? How do you live with those choices you make? And accidentally, it, it didn't, it wasn't actually supposed to be a trilogy. We just made something for the love of making film and acting and coming together. And then I had so much fun. I wanted to do it again or do something similar. And then I think the trailer for Extraction 2 came out. And I was just like, oh, let's just do it. So I've conned my friends into doing it again. And then the other thing we've just shot, um, well, not just shot, it was the last thing I shot in, I think, October when it snowed last year. Um, my friends came down from Blackpool and came to visit and we were like, let's just make a film. And this is about a, it's a horror um it's my first horror that i've directed and written um so completely out of my comfort zone because i'm used to writing dramas and sort of melodramatic things and rom-coms and relationship-based films and this is about a guy who is keeping this illness um from his he's plagued by this illness and all he wants to be is a good dad and a good husband and this illness is like crippling him and it's and, and, and he goes off every night and, and he, his wife thinks that he's cheating on her. But he's, um, he's actually a werewolf. And so he's going away every night to, to save him from himself. But if you look past that, it's, it, if you look past the, the werewolf stuff and it being a horror, it's essentially about a man struggling to cope with mental health and taking himself off because he feels like he's a poor husband a poor father and so when you see him going through the change it's him letting go of all of that stepping into sort of like a new life as such and at the end when he's covered in blood um someone comes to meet him and puts this blanket on him as he's freezing in the snow and it's him accepting help um so yeah that that's i guess a bit artistic as well um so that's just being scored got a really good uh composer called stuart wright um he sent me a couple of demos of what he's working on that's really good and then we've got a film that we shot just after the pandemic which is about a window cleaner who uh whilst taking on a new client recognizes the guy who lives there and it 
turns out to be someone from his past, an old teacher from his school. And I really don't want to give anything away, but <laughs> it's quite dark. It's quite dark. And as he holds his teacher accountable for something, the teacher's like, is that really what happened or is that the way you remember it? And he, and it's kind of like a game of chess. Like they're getting the teacher's getting in my character's mind and to the point where he almost believes it, you know, and then the teacher slips up and then it all kicks off. And then other than that, this Friday we're doing rehearsals for a new film that I'm directing. Um, really glad I'm not in this one. <laughs> It's a really good story that I wrote. I'm really happy with it. Um, but it's just nice to be able not to wear too many hats and just being able to wear one and concentrate on one job. And I really love directing. I, I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. So this one is about a, um, a delivery driver, a takeaway driver who believes he he's in denial about his daughter potentially being dead and he finds her um, a year later on the anniversary of her disappearance slash death and um, yeah he, he tracks her down and finds her but all is not as it seems and I'm working with uh, my DOP Zach Fenning and um, Brandon Bailey um, and also uh, Dan Brooks is going to help us out, who, who works on all of our films. Um, shooting, hopefully soon. And Richie Lamb is playing the lead. He's playing the father. Uh, Richie Lamb is, uh, he's not an actor. Um, he's just incredibly, you tell him to do something and he'll do it and he'll do it to perfection. He, um, he played my dad in No Mercy, my first feature boxing film that I wrote, directed and produced and, and starred in. And um, I remember when I was writing, I was like, this, because I used to work with him, right, when I used to load lorries at UPS back in the day. And I, I, I was writing, I was like, this character giving me Richie vibes. <laughs> and, I, and obviously I wanted to work with actors, but I had a few people on um, self-tape for the part, but just wasn't doing it justice so I was like why don't I just ask Richie see what he says and his first response was F off uh, and I kept asking him and got the same response until one day he was he told his wife I was pestering him and she was like just do it you've got nothing else to do so we did it and he is the star of the show like we had a premiere two years ago for it and everyone in that audience was clapping there was tears people coming up to him saying like he was the absolute star of the show and he is I'm so happy for him I uh I want someone to give him like a, a part in EastEnders where he takes over the Vic or something because he'd be great in that <laughs> but yeah it's going to be nice working with him again um and not only do we just make movies together like we do meet up like probably don't know maybe once once a week maybe if we can just have a coffee talk films, talk life, sort of unload on one another, have a bit of a, a bit of a man chat and unclog the mind and just, just, just let it all go. Really. He's really good to talk to help me in the past when I've been in, you know, some dark places, really good to talk to. 
but yeah, Friday's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. It's you know what, I, those are all very different films, but with all as you say, different. Uh, so you've got the film, the horror film, which is a werewolf film, but it's not a werewolf film. It's about mental health issues. It's about taking yourself away from it, and those are things that. Um, yeah people people can relate to which is why it would do well um i hope so i, will, I, 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 I did i i film based on like when i had depression and that won a few awards actually and that did quite well but yeah we just thought about doing something different and it was supposed to be a horror film until i looked closely at what i i thought i i looked closely at it and i was like actually there's more to this than meets the eye it's it, it, it will do well there's there's a lot to be said about um, mental health and 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 how it's looked at, and um, it is it's scary. It's 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 scary for those that are experiencing it and going through it at that time, and um, it's scary for those that don't know about it because they don't know how to how to be around somebody at that time. They don't know what what their triggers are and stuff like that. And um, th this dad in in this film is taking himself away from his family. And that's him and his coping mechanisms, but mm -hmm. you know it's different for everybody. And like I said, it it, it will do well because it, it seems like it, it it explains it in a way that people can relate to it in film. If you see what I mean, not not just like a not just like a, a self help. Well, this is how it is. It's 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 a film, so it can be scary. So, you know, come out yourself, and you're a werewolf, and you're can be angry and not sure of all your thoughts and where you are, but you've at a particular moment you've had a moment of clarity just to go i need to be away from people i need to take a step back and i need to deal with that so yeah like i said um i, I think that will do well um the, and the then thing you... with that film as well it's kind of like so i think when people watch it from like an audience perspective they'll be like what's going on here because i feel like when people who have got depression the thing they hide behind is a smile okay and then the next you know maybe the next day you find like they may have taken their life right no one sees it coming so it's kind of i didn't want to spoon feed people with this story okay so the hidden message is okay this is a guy who is struggling he needs help and and it's i i guess i think if you if you pay attention to like your friends and stuff like you'll probably sense something isn't quite right and perhaps just give them a call or just reach out to them, just ask if they're okay. And I think with this film, like, because it isn't like traditionally following someone who, as I say, didn't want to spoon feed and show, oh, here's a man who is struggling with depression or some form of mental health. Um, I was hiding that from the audience as those struggling tend to do. Um, and I guess the werewolf is like his demon which we all have our own demons in life. And it's, okay, you've gone through that really dark part where that demon's taking over and then you let it go and just get help, which happens at the end of the film. Um, so, yeah. It's not... I, I said, I, I, I've... There's a moth flying around there. <laughs> I saw it. It looks like a bat. No, 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 it's still there. <laughs> um, they there were like... Yeah, he'll be back. He knows we're live. That's it. That's what it is. He's like, That's oh, we'll get on the phone. Five minutes of phone. Um, it's yeah, like I said, it's it's 
it's it's good that these films are are out there and it's good the way you're tackling it as well um will will you will provide me with links to all of this stuff because obviously people will want to will want to look into this more Absolutely. and um I, I i'll be following keenly to see what what your how these projects pan out and and stuff like that because yeah, these films sound quite, quite, quite cool. To be perfectly fair, <laughs> thank, you, thank you. Yeah, they're, um, all, they're all a, a little bit different, I guess. Yeah, um, but I think that's the good thing about this this industry. Going back to your question, you, I think, as an actor, as a creative, as a storyteller, you're telling stories from all like different walks of life, aren't you? And not many people in life can say, "Oh, I've had a chance to pay to to experience what it's like being a, a lawyer to be a a doctor to to be a king you know to play henry the eighth or something like that who 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 can do that in you know like you, you, people who aren't part of this industry you know like i feel as actors you're really experiencing life culture you know stuff like that and there's a lot you can learn from the arts isn't there so that's why i like yeah. it you're not be you're not going through life being ignorant, I guess. And I think one of the good it's, things that it's that that stories do is they educate you. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's one of those things where, um, as you as you just said, you experience uh, different cultures. You take yourself out of things. And um, there was a lady I worked with, and she you know she was saying to me that her son was shy. And I said, um, you know, um, have you ever considered getting him into drama? And she said, no, never considered it. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, just try it. I said, I said, you'll probably find that he will like it. I said, it forces you to come out of your comfort zone because you have to perform. Mm -hmm. And um, she got him into it and he, he, he made it like he changed and there was one day he come and done work experience uh with us um and you know i i, I was just like talking to him and saying you know hi and you know how are you feeling and this that and the other just taking him around showing him what i did and um my role as uh, mm -hmm. for his company and he, he his mum was saying he's a totally different person you know he's a totally different person i said yeah i said i said believe it or not um especially as guys um, I said we 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 need that. I said it's it's one of those things where it takes us out of our comfort zones to interact with people that we wouldn't necessarily always interact with, and um, and then be somebody else. Yeah, that's who you are. You're somebody else. Even when you're playing yourself, you're somebody else because you're playing you, um, which is like a crazy paradox. But you, you are. You're playing. You're, you're playing yourself. So you're not. You're not actually doing. You're not actually just Absolutely. being you. Yeah. I think there's always an element of like role play in anything really. Like if 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 you if you work on a till at like uh Sainsbury's or something, you you know, you you're always gonna play like an element or the best version of yourself for some reason, you know. Like you no one wants I don't I don't believe people intentionally wanna be rude and horrible to people. And I think even when you've had like the worst day, you know, if you if you're that checkout guy at Sainsbury's and you know you've had like you've had to before you've come to work you had to have your dog put down or something um 
and you know someone comes with their basket and you've got to scan it and you can you can still you can still play the best version of yourself and say hello you can smile you can be kind and you can ask how they are and stuff you know and yeah, yeah. escape from say, that part of life i guess if if any of that made sense it does i say hello to everybody because i'm just i'm 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 like that. It's, it's how I was brought up. And, um, you know, true story. I didn't get a parking ticket because I always say hello to the parking attendant that walked past our, that walked past our road. And, uh, he said, Oh, is that your car? He said, I said, yeah, I think he spoke to my speak to the good lady, my other half. And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, Oh, you know, I was looking for you. She said, I didn't give you a ticket, but your, your parking permits run out, run out. And uh, I was looking, I didn't know which number you guys lived at and your, you know, your husband and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, yeah, I say hello to him every morning. Um, a, because he's a nice fellow and he says hello. Um, so I say hello. And um, yeah, you know, something like that paid off. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm the same, to be fair. Like, not all the time. Like, every morning I, I when I cycle, I always pass this old guy. Um. Uh, and 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 I was I I just I don't know why but I said hello to him. Um, for some reason, he's about eighty odd. He's a good eighty year old. I feel quite physical, um, and very mobile. And from where I usually see him, like sometimes if I'm a little bit earlier, or I might catch him a bit further back. And sometimes if I'm a bit late he'll be a bit closer to where I live. And I think you must walk for miles. And I don't know what he's doing, if he's got a job somewhere, if he's just going for a walk to, you know, keep fit. But I see him picking up litter as well. For all I know, he could be on community service picking up litter. But I just, just one morning, I just felt inclined to say hello to him. And I thought, he may have lost his wife yesterday. And here he is getting on with the world, picking up litter. And I just said hello to him, you know, because I always think like when I'm that age, I'd like someone to reach out to me. And especially like with my, like the physio job as well, I always try and like, even when you've met people who are alcoholics, right? Most people would judge and say, you know, you've done this to yourself. I like to play devil's advocate and just think, okay, what drove you to alcohol? Like, I'm not going to judge, but. I don't believe anyone gets into that just for the fun of it. And sometimes it could be, I guess, and addictions take over a bit stronger than what you perceive them to be. And then they finally get their claws into you and, and you're stuck. But people are taking, like drinking heavily, taking drugs, it's kind of like, what got you to that moment? Right, you know, just show a bit of kindness. And I think if you can show a bit of kindness, people might think twice about going down those sort of routes and slowly harming them slowly harming and slowly killing themselves i guess you know to show that kindness yeah i mean look i i say hello to people because um and especially you know in industries that i've worked in from i'd say myself to the top upwards and to the bottom downwards um somebody's got a story somebody's got a story mm. to tell and you don't know that person's story you know I, I remember speaking to one cleaner um again elderly fella where i work and you know people didn't know but 
he was uh, I, I won't I can't actually remember but he was a teacher he was a, a university teacher in his country and you know I said so how come you're doing this he said I just do it to keep keep myself active and to keep myself busy and then, and then to speak to people and it, he'd always come and he'd always go uh, a question a question a question and he'd, he'd always he's always learning I mean he's always learning he's always learning his mind is so active mm. and and people, like I said, we, don't get me wrong, everybody that I worked with always spoke to them anyway, but you just go, if you don't speak to those people, you don't know their stories, you don't know their journeys, you don't know what they've been through. And, um, and, that's, and that's, that's the beauty of it. That's, that's, that's why it's good to talk, as, as, as Bob, Hopkins, Bob Hoskins said. Absolutely. Um, and and that was, that's why we're behind the scenes and that's why we're talking about it. Um, Lewis, I've kept you for long enough. This is my longest show in ever. Oh, I'm um, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, like, like I said, it's, it's no, no, but that's that's again, that's the beauty of it, and um, that's why I enjoy it. And um, that, there's things we didn't cover, so I'm gonna have to get you back probably sooner rather than rather than anything else because there's a, there's a few more things I wanted to speak to you about and about your experiences and. And, and where you're going and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll get you back soon rather than later, if that's okay. Yeah, let's um, do it. Hopefully some of my projects will be out by then as well. Yeah, yeah. And again, we can we can talk about those uh, a bit more in depth. And um, I, I, I was going to talk more about it. And then just, I said, we just got chatting. And that's that's bad interviewer. That's what it is. It's a bad interviewer. Just, no, just, I, don't, I don't think so. Just, gab, just gabbering on. Um, but yes, thank you for your time. They call him Louis. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, amongst other things. Yeah, <laughs> they call me Stepney. This is behind the scenes. Um, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for having me. Ciao. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.